Welcome to the Gospel Addict Podcast. I'm Greg Bryan. And I'm Jim Resky. We're gospel addicts because we believe the gospel of Jesus isn't just good news, it's the best news ever. We're addicted to the gospel because it doesn't just start us out in the Christian life, it is the Christian life. Join us as we look at the Bible through the lens of the gospel. Thanks so much for listening. You know, part of our experience in Greece, we learned a lot about Greek mythology. Uh, yeah. And it was so surprising because people in our group, and, and it's it's human nature, right? We're like, is this a real person? Did this person really live? Did the Apostle Paul meet this person? Our guide was so patient with us because so many times, you know, we'd be at like some uh, Greek mythology museum and somebody would say, now, did the Apostle Paul visit here? And she'd be like, no, he was never in this town, you know, but I, at first it was a little confusing. Why are we learning all about the, the mythology? But then don't you think it kind of helps you understand what, what Paul was uh, um, encountering, especially in Athens when he preaches at sermons and he talks about how religious they are and how they have all these objects of worship. Craig, Craig, what do you think? Uh, sorry, I had to step out. Um, well, yeah, I, I I thought I was wanting to see more of the footsteps of Paul, but then uh, once we got into learning all about that, and Jamie knows knows quite a bit because you know she's homeschooled, so I was asking her questions, and I tried to do some research on the road, you know, to, to figure it out. But I really liked it because it helped me understand the context better that Paul came into and what these people really dug into. And so I very much appreciated that. And of course it was beautiful and the architecture and the, you know, just the math behind it and the, the skill to make it. And then the, where we were in Delphi, where the uh, runners ran the, the races, I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, Paul makes an analogy in Corinthians that maybe not from Delphi, but for some place in Olympus that, you know, he, he said, you know, the runners, run to get a perishable reef but we we you know press on to get a uh, uh imperishable reef so i i really liked it. i think it should be you know i'm glad we did it and i think uh, i think it was very good for me to to learn more about the greek gods and all that yeah jamie how about you well um i thought it was interesting to um just try and think you know what if this is all we had? This was our belief system. And it, I think it'd be very depressing, honestly, because I, I feel like it was so depraved. Um, mm -hmm. I had read that Paul probably didn't get over to see any of the races because they ran naked, you know, and, and you know, the scripture is clear that you should be covered. And, you know, he, he couldn't go here. He couldn't go there. You know, there's there just all of this stuff, you know, going on that was that was just so depraved. You look at the myths. And, you know, that's their idea of the gods. And they're, you know, we, I think we're looking at a, a replica of, of the mural. Can't remember if it was Persephone, who it was, who had been, um, who had been taken by the god of the underworld down below. And I mean, it's pretty much like, I, oh, the, it was called the rape of Persephone or something. And her mother, you know, you see her mother like lamenting as her daughter's being taken away and like, wow, those are their gods. You know, this is the kind of stuff they do, you know, um, kind of like the worst soap opera imaginable plus crime, you know, plus, you know, just not, I mean, there's some, some heroism, but there's a lot of, 
dark stuff, I guess. And um, it was surprising when we got to Corinth, the thing I kept noticing, and I think all of our attention just kept being drawn up to this tall mountain, a little bit away from the city center. And, you know, we saw some ruins up there. I think the ruins were from more recent times. Maybe they were from the Crusades or something, but the ruins of, there was not enough ruins to make it worth our while to go up there um, to be able to see what was there during Paul's time. But surely Paul never went up there because it was uh, a temple to Aphrodite and for, you know, fertility goddess, whatever. And I had read in a book while we were traveling around in the bus, it said um, one scholar thought there had been up to 1000 temple prostitutes up there on this mountain in Corinth. You know, and we're like, well, how many people even lived in the town? And, you know, there were people coming through all the time. It was an isthmus between Italy and Turkey. So they'd pull until they dug the channel in more modern times for the boats to cut through, which we got to watch the boats, a boat coming through. They they pulled the ships over over land, over a rolling log system. Um, But I guess they had a lot of thoroughfare through there. And they must have had a lot of business <clears throat> to keep 1,000 temple prostitutes, you know, in their positions, but up on top of this mountain. You know, I just thought, wow, how flagrant, you know, that is just the immorality. And, um, you know, the gospel presented such a different message and, you know, and, and, and telling us to repent and to live God's way. Um, but I can, it makes a little more sense now that Paul had to keep writing letters more than even just the two we have in the, in the scripture um, to the church in Corinth, because that's, you know, that was their everyday normal. That's what people did, how they lived. And they, you know, repenting meant kind of exiting from a large, large parts of your, you know, culture, which is, you know, maybe something we need to be considering today as well. Very good, very good insights. And all of us, when we saw that mountain, I mean, this was not a hill. This was like a huge mountain. I don't know how, I mean, it looked exhausting to climb up that thing. Um, And the the idea that these men would come in from their ships and, and get up there. I mean, there was no gondola to take them up there or anything like that um, is, uh, yeah, that was that was that was very insightful to just know what the Corinthians were up against and what they were dealing with, the con- the context there. How about Berea? What about Berea? I love Berea. That was really cool. We got to see Tall Paul, um, <laughs> which was a statue um that was made of the Apostle Paul that was extremely tall, probably like eight or nine feet tall. And uh who and they call it Tall Paul. But I love I love um Acts 17.11, which says, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonia, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. And when you, you know, reading that now, I mean, we, we got to realize like how Paul was chased out of Thessalonia. Um, I mean, he was kind of run out of town and he didn't just go to like the town next door. I mean, Berea was quite a journey. I I think it might've been a two day journey. Um, 
it was at least uh what a two hour i think i want to say a two hour bus ride but um but he went to berea and then the bereans though received him and responded and i just thought it was so cool just how different people are ready to receive the the gospel other some people are hard hard hardened to the gospel and others are more open um craig do you have any thoughts on that or anthony Paul, the practicality of Paul's approach, <laughs> you know, what it says, you know, if, if people aren't open here, just, you know, dust off your feet and move to the next place. And it's, uh, I was, I was struck by that uh, a couple times on the trip, just, okay, they're, they're not open time to move on and see who else might be open. You know, he, he didn't, he didn't let it stop him. He knew he had a mission and he knew that there were people out there that would receive and uh, he wasn't about to waste his time, uh, you know, just like on in a situation where he wasn't going to get anywhere. So <laughs> I feel like it was very practical and, um, you know, he he was he's a good time manager. <laughs> I think there's there's a lot <laughs> in looking at Paul's life and mission. There's there's so much we can learn just about how how we need to approach different situations and, and not let ourselves get bogged down or, or discouraged, but to just keep trusting and keep moving and, and know that, um, that there will be people that will, will be receptive to what you're trying to do. Mm. Yeah. I, I love, I love Berea because um, Acts 17, 11 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible about the Bereans were more noble-minded than the Thessalonians because they received the word with great joy, but they examined the scriptures daily. Uh, and, you know, they were checking out somebody that probably had a PhD equivalent. You know, Paul was trained by the best of the best. And so for them, you know, most people think, oh, well, this guy knows it. You know, he's he's been trained. Look at him. He knows Greek philosophy. He knows Hebrew. He speaks Greek. But yet they look the scripture, and that is such a good example today. Because even if if you're following somebody who preacher, they can start out well and and end not good. I mean, look at King David who wrote all the Psalms, and then he went into all this sin. And I don't know that his thinking was good during that. You know, so what he was saying, I don't know. Of course, he wrote the Psalms, and that's true. But you know, it's just good to be a Berean, and we're we are sent out by a church named Lincoln Berean Church in Lincoln, Nebraska, and. And so I really, I really like that. And for him to, uh, you know, stop there and then to receive him like that, I think it's admirable. And of course, noble-minded. And uh, so that that just in, enforced that into me more being there to continue to be a Berean. Hmm. Yeah, Jamie, how about you? Any thoughts about Berea? Well, it was exciting to, you know, climb up on those marble steps that were supposedly the um, podium that he stepped up onto um, mm -hmm. to speak, um, you know, and to, to think about how he reasoned, you know, boy, he, he was a brilliant mind, wasn't he? You know, like a school in philosophy and, you know, rhetoric and, you know, all these things I'm trying to teach my kids in homeschooling and such, but, uh, and, you know, God surely used that, but um, something just to piggyback on what um, Anthony said about just the practicality of his approach. Um, he, it would be interesting. I, I would enjoy seeing sometime looking in more detail about like who he sent back to Philippi because he didn't come back there for four or five years after the first visit, but 
you know, we know that the church thrived and was supporting him and such. And, and, um, you know, he has these other people who are going here and coming there and, um, you know, like as a network, he, he wasn't doing things just by himself. He usually went in threes. Um, and, uh, you know, then he wrote the letters and even, um, the times when he was, um, in prison or under house arrest, those, those were maybe some of the more valuable, um, times of his ministry because he had this deep focused time to just groan in prayer for the church and uh, to yeah. be praying for them and and to write those letters which which we still have today um i remember years ago um a fellow navigator staff lady karen um we were we we're studying something in one of paul's letters and she said you know where he says you know i remember you continually in prayer and and such and she said well that's how i want to be i just want to be remembering all of these people and you know she had met and discipled and and encouraged so many international students in the course of her life you know it would be a very large number she and she was just saying she wanted to be faithful in prayer for them as paul did and i said well you know karen he was in prison a lot of the time when he was <laughs> praying and writing yes, and about his hands <laughs> yeah i mean just just to even trust that you know like if we are waylaid or something like that um you know we can be being set aside for a very special purpose and and not to let up and say oh well i can't go do anything but you know maybe some of his more important work was the continuing to wrestle um in prayer for them and then to write letters to encourage them which were then passed around and you know which are still passed on to us today um, so God used him, you know, in all these different, all these different settings. And I've also wondered how in the world did he not end up with PTSD, you know, and maybe he did have some, but it's like when he lists, where is that Craig, where he lists, is it in Corinthians, the end of first Corinthians, you're reading it. Chapter hey, 11, I think chapter 11 in yeah. first Corinthians, I think yeah, all the sufferings, all the sufferings he went through. Yes. And I mean, yeah. even in danger from wild animals and rivers, but, you know, definitely people and shipwrecks and snakes and, you know, floggings. And I mean, I think the floggings and I think like the cities in turmoil where like these mobs are about ready to tear you apart limb by limb. You know, we talk a lot about PTSD today and, you know, how did I don't know. I don't know how the Lord took care of that, but somehow he was able to just keep going despite really intense suffering. Um, well, yeah, I, I, I just ran across that. There's another verse in 2 Corinthians 7, uh, verse 5, that says, Even when we came into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were afflicted on every side, conflicts without, fears within. So what does he do? In the next verse, he says, But God, who comforts the depressed, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not only by his coming, but also by the comfort which he has comforted you. And so he talks about, yeah, what you were saying about the practicality all ties in is that those people weren't just there to help, but they really need to stick together in that community. The word of God, you know, the the spirit of God, prayer and the people of God to help him endure because he had a lot of pressure inside and outside. Hmm. That's true. Yeah, it was second. It's in Second Corinthians chapter 11, where he uh, boasts yeah. about his sufferings. And the thing that stands out to me about that is verse 28. He says, besides everything else, I face daily 
the pressure mm-hmm. of my concern for all the churches. It's almost like he's saying the worst part was not all the physical suffering I went through, but my concern for all the churches. Um, it's <laughs> like that, that, that just is kind of mind, mind boggling. Hey, Anthony, you know, when we talked about doing Greece part two, uh, this podcast, um, what were some of the things we discussed we wanted to include? Do you remember? Well, we had talked about, um, <laughs> well, there was a couple of things. One was um, travel tattoos, which I think uh, <laughs> you know, we, we would be uh, remiss not to discuss that. And yes. also... Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay well while you're thinking about that i'll tell the story so yes you know i i'm a souvenir guy i like souvenirs and for years when i go on trips i usually buy like t-shirts and stuff like that and then they last for about three months and then they're they get you know faded or you know they just fall apart and they they disappear so i'm always looking for like a souvenir that will last right and uh i it kind of struck me when a friend of mine told me about this tattoo artist in, in Jerusalem that he, his family has been doing tattoos for like 27 generations, all the way back to the 500 AD. Um, his family has been doing tattoos and they have designs from that, from that time period. And so when I was in Israel, um, uh, on a trip to Israel, my wife and I visited that t- tattoo shop and I ended up with uh, a tattoo um, from one of those, uh, one of those things. And I thought, this is my souvenir. So of course, when we were in Greece, um, you know, I, I, uh, I talked with one of the guys on the trip and said, Hey, you know, if you can find me a good tattoo artist, maybe I'll consider getting a tattoo. So, Long story short, I ended up with a, another tattoo, one from a tattoo shop in Athens, Greece. And the tattoo says it's a cross, red cross, and it says in Greek lettering, Jesus Christ always wins. Jesus Christ Nika, which is like the word Nike, which means mm-hmm. in Greek, always wins. And so... um I don't know. I mean, I guess so my my story about why I have a travel tattoo is it's a souvenir that never fades and never and, and never, you know, gets thrown away. So that's my rationale for that one. <laughs> what was the other thing, Anthony, we, we forgot to discuss? I, I can't think of a better souvenir from our time in Greece. That was and that was a fun night, I'll have to say. So I, I went with with Greg and uh, Christian. Christian found uh, this really cool tattoo shop and it was it was fun. It was fun going in there and um, just uh, hanging out. Yep, there yeah, there it is. I see, I see it. <laughs> so you get your passport stamped and your body stamped now when you can play. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what, what uh, souvenir that I have remembered that was kind of neat is one that um, Kanda, another person on our trip, picked up for me because when we were at the river um, by Philippi, um, I just kept saying, oh, I can't believe they're not selling purple scarves here. You know, because right. Lydia was a seller of purple. I like, why do they have purple scarves? I would have bought one. 
And she later found a really beautiful one with this Greek geometric print on it. And I've worn it already. And of course it brought, you know, people come in on it and then I get to tell them about Lydia. Awesome. And, yes. That's really cool. Yeah. We should start a shop there. <laughs> I was just thinking that Greg, the third trip of, you know, we need to go back. Hustle. Yeah. Yeah. Start an entrepreneur. A little yeah, side hustle. Scarf. We'll we'll, we'll purchase a truckload of purple scarves and we'll set up shop. Yeah, very uh, good. No, that's 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 uh, it, it was it was so fun, man. We just had yeah. such a great time. Our, and part of the thing we said on the last podcast is the group of people we really enjoyed each other. And I'm not sure that every group of people that travels together has the experience. The the I'll, I'll say. The fellowship, the true fellowship that we experienced was really beautiful and made it uh, even more special. Well, I'm so glad because we were together so much. You know, we had breakfast, lunch, and dinner together and on the bus together and, you know, exploring these places together and then going and hanging out um, together. So it yeah. was a really great, you know, just fellowship time. It, um, that it that was. was a really special part of it, you know, for us. Absolutely. And if you find people that you can travel well with, I mean, that's a treasure. That's a treasure. <laughs> you know, it's not, uh, it's not always the case. So yeah, that was, that was a real gift of the trip, just getting to know you all and, um, and being able to um, just uh, hear your stories and, and travel together was, that was great and then i would love to do it again i hope that we have future opportunities to do that yes I'm, yeah I'm, and I i'm looking into um in 2024 maybe going to germany and switzerland on a reformation tour um i'm gonna stay away from i i have it on my radar screen i want to go to egypt at some point and do the moses tour i want to go to the turkey and do the seven churches of revelation but it seems wise to kind of avoid the Middle East at this moment. So the next trip I might be planning might be to follow the uh, the Reformation, you know, where Martin Luther, where it, where it began and followed it from Germany into Switzerland. And um, so I'm looking into that. So stay tuned. Um, Craig, yeah. what did you want to say? Well... I don't know, but I'll say, yeah, you better you better do those trips before you do the Jesus in the air trip when he comes back and gets us. So that'll be our <laughs> <laughs> that'll be our our final finale. You know, talk about oh. popping off at a bird's eye view of everything. But I'm sure we won't be looking down; we'll be looking up. Yeah. Uh, what I was going to say, you said we could shift all around. I just want to go back and just say hello to all those people if they're listening to this podcast from all over the world, and it's so cool to hear that brothers and sisters or maybe people that aren't believers listening. And and I just want to say hello to them and encourage them. And boy, it'd be good to pray for them before we uh, sign off here. Yeah, that would, that would be great. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Anthony, um, you also, we were going to, were, were we also going to talk about travel tips? Cause Craig and Craig yeah. and Jamie, you guys, when we, when we landed in Chicago, you guys kind of, uh separated from us because you had other flight plans but wisely i might i don't know if wisely. you know what happened with with anthony <laughs> no. and i no what happened An well, anthony anthony and i basically got shut out of the plane like the plane 
Um, I waited for Anthony at the gate and the lady, um, and I kept telling her like, Hey, Anthony's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Meanwhile, three <laughs> other, three other of our group had gotten on the plane, but she closed the door. She closed the door. And then they, they, um, you know how they have that thing that connects to the plane. I forget what that's called right now. It, it pulled back. And so it was like, Oh, we're, we're not going to make it. We're going to have to wait three more hours and get on the next flight. Uh -huh. So Anthony runs up and then behind him was like five other people. I've never, ever had this happen, but they called to the pilot and said, Hey, I've got six people out here. Do we want to board them? And they literally, after they had pulled that thing away from the plane, they, they connected it back up and let us on the wow. plane. It was a travel miracle. No doubt. Well, wow. I'm sure you were exhausted by this point too. I mean, we were oh. we were exhausted. We were so glad we opted to stay in <laughs> Chicago that night and and really got caught up on our sleep. It helped. So smart. Like so you have much. you have no idea what Anthony looked like when he got to the gate. <laughs> I mean, he was like he he. I did a dead sprint from security all the way, and and the gate. Of course, it was the last from gate. Was the last gate, and this is O'Hare, so you know it's not oh. a small airport. I did a dead sprint underneath, up you know, all along the moving walkways, up the stairs, down the stairs, and what happened? The, and the reason that. why I had to do that was because you know, of course, going through customs took a long time. And then um, the line that I got in to go to security was really backed up. Mm. And so I even at some point where, where I was asking people in line, just saying, hey, my flight's about to leave. Is there any way that I can cut in front of you? And uh, <laughs> one person said yes. And then, of course, had to make the remark, well, you should have got to the airport earlier. And I didn't really... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the energy to explain that I've already been traveling for 14 hours and and that uh, I'm trying to make a connection. But yeah, but yeah, I was it was, it was I could not believe that they called the plane back. I've I've never seen wow. that. Wow. Lord. And and of course, you know, I get on the plane and I'm still just wheezing just trying to catch my breath and everybody's looking at me like what happened to this guy you know just sweating and it was one of those travel snafus that um but that man but thankfully had a, a good ending it was wow. yeah it, it was but it it i i was i was blown away that they um because i had a similar experience coming back from israel um where um the lady at the gate kind of told me, you know, she would wait for the rest of our group and then, but said, you better get on the plane. So I got on the plane and then they didn't wait for the rest of the group. And uh, so, this, so this year, this, this time I'm like, I'm staying here. I'm staying at the gate. Um, I'm holding my holding, trying to hold the door open till Anthony <laughs> gets there. And then what you did, had you gotten on the plane, I don't think they would have held it. I really don't. So I, Thank you. Thank you for for being a, a heroic leader in that instance. <laughs> yeah. So somewhere in there, there's a tip. I mean, I don't know if I need to work with the travel agency to like um, maybe give us a little more buffer uh, to, you know, um, but well, it I was would recommend what is that? Um, 
I think it, we had a two hour. We had like a two hour time thing, but getting through customs and we had to go out of the airport, check our recheck our bags and go in the, the it's that security line. That security Having line to go back us. through security is what did it. Yeah. We need yeah. to we need That's to buy global Chicago. entry or something. I would recommend I think it's called Choice, where you can bypass the line. You pay like an annual fee and you can bypass the yeah. security line. I believe it's called choice, but clear, I thought it was called clear. Clear. clear, clear. That's it. Clear. <laughs> clear, clear. Yeah, it's a clear it's, choice. It's like, That's it's like sure. it's a clear choice. It's like TSA. <laughs> it's like TSA pre-check, but, well, but it's worth point, it. You'd be, yeah. How much money would you pay to just be put out of your misery? I mean, being no. sleep deprived, you know, and traveling and then being exposed to all those other people. I, th oh, I think, I mean, I think trying to be wise with our, you know, travel plans and connecting flights and, and rests and things like that. I, I, you know, that it's, it's what made it much more doable for Craig and me. You know, we flew into Cleveland the night before, had a good night's sleep at Randy's house before we took off. And, uh, and so that made things easier on the way going. And then on the way coming back, as soon as, you know, we landed in Chicago, <clears throat> we just went to our hotel and, um, uh, yeah, I took a nap. Craig worked out. We went and got some salads at Target. We just walked to a Target and then ate and then just crashed. I mean, I think we went to bed at 730 at night and slept all, you know, all through the night until our flight the next morning to come back home to San Antonio. So, you know, it took extra time and, and money, but boy, was it worthwhile, you know, for us. Yeah, wow, that's very, very smart. Very well, smart. I think as far as a tip goes, um, you know, all things considered, let's say all the airports traditionally like O'Hare is one of the busiest ones. So if you're mm -hmm. going to plan, maybe you should plan extra for that layover in that particular airport versus, you know, some other airport. But, you know, I mean, there's so many variables. So who knows what was going on? But if all things are the same in all airports, still O'Hare, you know, they're they're a very busy airport. Yeah, that's that's true. Hey, this has been great. Um, I think we need to wrap this up. Craig, you you mentioned praying. Um, just for the sake of time, would you mind just praying and praying for people that might be listening to this podcast? And I'm sure there's people that are listening that maybe are maybe they're not believers yet. They yeah, they haven't begun following Jesus, they haven't received him by faith into their lives, um, or they're new Christians. Um, people in other parts of the world don't have access to good discipleship materials. And so, um, you know, we're so excited that they're listening to this podcast. And and I always say if they want to um, reach out and ask questions, um, they all they have to do is write an email to gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com. So I'd love to hear from you. Uh, at one point, I had one listener in Iceland. And I, mm. and I, if, if you're that listener in Iceland, please write me an email. I'd love to, I'd love to hear from you, but I'd love to hear from anybody from all over the world. So mm -hmm. Craig, would you close us out in prayer and then we'll, we'll end that yeah. way. Okay. Sounds good. Well, let's pray. Dear Jesus, we bow low. We thank you for who you are and what you've done for us, what you're doing for us. We thank you for this trip. We thank you for this podcast. And we pray for our brothers and sisters all around the world, those that are listening to us now, Lord, that you'd encourage them, you'd strengthen them. 
that you would give them people in their sphere of influence that would just love on them and then they could be reciprocate they could reciprocate that love on each other we pray for those that maybe are not believers that are curious lord that they would take the next step and that they would ask god god if you're real would you reveal yourself to me and if they pray that and sincere uh, Lord, we believe you will uh, through the word, through another podcast, through conscience, through nature, through a dream, whatever. You could do that. And we've seen that happen uh, in the scriptures that we just read about it and Paul's missionary journey. So, Father, I pray for comfort, pray for peace. The world is really stirred up right now and most everybody know it. But you are the prince of peace. And God, even in the midst of all the things that are going on, God, you can penetrate through and you could draw men, women, to yourself, boys and girls. And we just pray that you would do that. We thank you for this time and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Addict Podcast. Feel free to contact us via email at gospeladdictpodcast at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our next episode. And remember, on your worst days, you're never beyond the reach of God's grace. And on your best days, you're never beyond the need of God's grace. See you next time.